Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. Today we kick off this new message series called Girls Gone Wild. Amen. Now, I know there's a spring break for my FDU students. Amen. Some already are in Florida and Mexico and all different places. Amen. And I pray by God's grace, they'll keep their vow <laughs> to the Lord. But someone, someone's vow is going to be tested. Amen. But we're going to praise God at the hold on to the word to keep them even the hour of temptation. But we're focusing on girls going wild Bible style. Amen. There are some bad girls in the Bible, I tell you. It's because the Bible is a good book, though, man, don't mean everybody is good in the book. And so we're going to talk about some bad girls, some naughty girls, some confused girls over the next um, two to three weeks as we continue to delve in Girls Gone Wild Bible style. Today I want to speak to you briefly from the message title, Breaking the Labels That Bind. Breaking the Labels That Bind. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 2, verse 1, and I'm going to read it for you briefly. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. They entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. We're talking about the woman by the name of Rahab. But not just Rahab, but Rahab the prostitute, Rahab the harlot, and if you go break it down where I come from the South Bronx, Rahab the hoe. And so we're talking about Rahab. Now, this is, this is an ancient woman. She, she has gone down in the books of time. Hundreds of years have passed. Centuries have passed. Seasons have passed. Times have changed. But she has been known as Rahab the harlot. See, back in the Bible days, back during the time of Rahab's existence, the children of Israel was just set free not too long ago from Egypt. They spent many years in the desert because the old generation was mumbling and stuff. And so God killed them off and he raised up the Joshua generation. And they was about to cross the Jordan and the first city that you would come to when you crossed the Jordan was the town of Jericho. Mo- Joshua had already won two wars previous to, to coming to this place um, in Shittim. And he sent two spies to go up into the land to spot the territory. You see, sometimes when God is sending you somewhere, you got to find where you're going. See, they knew they were going. They wasn't directionless. They already had a plan. They didn't necessarily know how God was going to do it, 
but they knew he was going to do it. So they said, this territory is ours, so we have to go out and spy the land. Amen? I think that's the word for the gathering church. Amen? We have to go out and spy the land. We don't know how God is going to do it. We don't know how he's going to get that building. Amen? But he's going to do it. We just have to go in obedience and spy it out. And when they entered, they met a woman by the name of Rahab. Now, during Rahab's time, there were three things that were against her. Number one, she was a woman. She was a woman. Being a woman in those times was not a, 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 a beautiful, proud time for women. Women were treated as second-class citizens. Amen? Men were saying at that time, I'd rather be born a dog than be born a woman. That's how degrading they were in that time. And if you look at some of the Middle Eastern cultures now, there's still an oppression of women. They're not treated the same the way men treat men. And so she was born a woman, so she already had a label. She was a woman. Amen? Next thing, she was a Canaanite. Now, Canaanites were known for their worship of all types of idols. They sacrificed their children. They got into all sorts of orgies and perverted sins and to worship their gods. So being a Canaanite was also another label that binds her because if you was a Canaanite, you were considered corrupted evil and you were considered just cursed by the foolishness that you've done. And last but not least, the name that she's remembered by, she was remembered as a prostitute, a hooker, if you will, a hoe. As a matter of fact, you know, if we had Rahab here this morning, maybe we should have her, have Rahab here. Where's my Rahab? Is Rahab here? We should have Rahab come out this morning and speak to us. And she's speaking. So we have Rahab. Rahab is here. And Rahab was a broken woman. Now, what are some of the common labels that bind us the way the term prostitute has bound up Rahab? We might be known as critical. We might be known as a doormat. See, we all have labels that bind us, if we really think about it. Some labels from a childhood. You know, some of us got crazy nicknames. One girl I, was, I met a couple of weeks ago, she said, my name is Red. I said, why do I call you Red? Because I had a redneck when I was younger. Just like, what? what kind of name is that? We just get names, just labels that stick to us. And some, I mean, that's a, that's a funny name, but then you have some that are very detrimental. I was young, they say, Fatty, hey, fat boy. Names as controlling, negative, depressed, promiscuous, manipulative, <laughs> overly sensitive, insecure, an addict. We have the, the, these names. And Rahab was known as a prostitute, a Canaanite, a woman. She was a woman. Now, now, see, there were two types of prostitutes during that time. I need, to, I need to explain that. There were what called was temple prostitutes. These are prostitutes that hung around the temple of worship. You know, so 
basically as you would go to church and pay your homage and, and, and give your honor to God, give your sacrifice before God. There were processes that hung around the temple. They had a little tent set up on the side. So if they had some business, you'd go on the side and, 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 and be discreet about your business and hide. But then there were another level of prostitutes, which were a lower level of prostitutes, but were people who were by the city gates. These prostitutes were considered low lives. They were considered the, the, the prostitutes that no one wanted to deal with. Only those who were really nasty and dirty would go to those type of prostitutes. Rahab had her home built into the wall of Jericho. She was right on the gate. She was right there, built in the wall. This was a businesswoman. She had her plan. She had her little hotel. Come and stay for a little while at Hotel Rahab. We ain't talking about rehab. We're talking about Rahab. <laughs> and she had her place. And the Bible says she took in two spies. Now, they were smart for what they did, number one, because if you want to be discreet and you want to hide, you will go to a harlot's house. Because no one wants to be seen at a harlot's house. This week, just in the news, we found out that there was a prostitution ring going on on the Upper East Side in New York City. A house of harlotry. Many centuries later, this very still thing exists. Come on. It was Solomon that said there's nothing new under the sun. Rahab was bound by her name, her label. So actually, what is your negative label this morning? What is the negative label that follows your name? She was Rahab the prostitute. Who are you this morning? Who are you? What follows you? What, what deals with you? If your friends and your family was around you, what would they call you? I know for me and those who are around me can, can, can attest, at times I've been Arthur. The insecure, not feeling that I was good enough, not feeling that I was secure enough to do it. At times, I've been Arthur, the procrastinator. Oh, I'll get around to it, but I won't do it. What's your name this morning? What's your name? Who are you? What label has been applied to you negatively? See, sometimes... Labels people put on, but sometimes we put labels on ourselves. We block ourselves. We lock up ourselves. What are the labels that bind us this morning? Rahab was bound by her name. She was bound by her sin. She was bound by her culture. She was bound because she was a woman. But the thing that we must do this morning, if we're going to be not girls that go wild, but girls that go wise, you have to take a risk. You have to take a faith risk. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 2, Verse 11, when we heard 
all that God had done, our hearts melted. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Rahab took a faith risk. She said, you know what? I'm taking a chance with you guys. They're coming. The king heard that the two spies have entered the town tonight. They saw you guys enter the gate. They didn't know where you guys went. So of all the places they came to my house, so they figured, hey, if you don't want anything to be seen, you need to go to Rahab's house. We know where to go. But what I was there, she said, I heard. I heard the great things. Our hearts are melting within us because of what God has done. See, they heard, they already knew God was, the God, the God of, of heaven was already doing miraculous things. They heard what God did to the two other kings in the desert before they got there. They was like, oh, we might be next. <laughs> they, they're getting closer and closer and closer. What's going on? And so when the spies came, they said, oh, something's about to happen soon. We'll know what's going on. But something's about to change in here. Now, Rahab, for easy lie, they said, you know what? Here they are. Take them. Please, just get them out of here. But she took a risk. The first thing you must do, you must take a faith risk. Whatever has been binding you up, whatever has been locking you up, whatever has been keeping you bound to that name, to that label, to that action, you have to take a risk. She took a risk. She said, your God is God. Not that he's just a God. No, because they worship many gods in their paganistic society. But she said, your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. In other words, I'm taking a risk. I'm a dare to believe something I've never believed before. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance. She said, yeah, my name is Rahab, the prostitute. Ah, but I'm going to take a faith risk. Yeah, my name is Arthur, the procrastinator. But I'm going to take a faith risk. Yeah, I might be known as the insecure, but I'm going to take a faith risk. I'm not going to allow the title, the label that binds me to become my purpose and my destiny. She said, there's something great. I'm hearing about your God. I'm hearing about the great things that he's doing. There has to be something great. Maybe he can do something for me. Maybe he can do something for me. When the guards came, the Bible says, you can read the whole account in Joshua chapter 2. When the guards came, they said, hey, we, we, we know that they were here. She said, yeah, they were here. And she fudged the truth. And she said, ah, but go, go, go quickly. They, they went down the street. Maybe you can catch up to them while she hit them on the roof. Why did she lie? She knew there had to be something more. She got sick of her reality. She was sick of living the life that she was. She knew that she would be destroyed. Now, now, now Rahab could have been destroyed by the king of Jericho. That, that, that was you being out of order. You, you were being a corrupt citizen. By her doing that, she put her life, her family's life on the line. 
But when you have faith and when you believe, you put it all down. You will put all your cards on the table when you know God is real. You'll forsake family. You'll forsake your own life just to have him, just to be changed, just to experience God's ship, just to experience a change. And she knew that she wanted a change so bad. She knew she didn't want to end up the way the rest of the town was going to end up. She wanted a shift. She knew that their God was a real God. He was the only God. So what happened to Rahab? What happened to her? Let's talk about the faith result. The faith result. The faith result. What happened? This woman named Rahab. Now, I, I, I love this because the covenant that they made, that she made with the two spies, was this. And it was so powerful. It's such a, a beautiful symbolism of God and what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. First of all, she said, look, I, showed, I hooked you guys up. Okay? I'm putting today's term. She was a sister. She said, look, I hooked you up. I could have I got you caught. Okay? I could have I, I just pulled the plug back. And you could have been killed, and that was it. But she said, I've showed you kindness. Would you show me the same kindness? She said, would you show me that kindness? Would you show me that love? Would you have mercy on me and my family and my house? So she wasn't thinking about herself. She was thinking about her family. She said, my brothers, my sisters, can, can, can you have mercy on my, house, or on my house? So they said, yes, we will have mercy. But the only thing that's going to save you is a scarlet cord. <laughs> a scarlet cord. He said, hang it outside of your window. And when we see, we will know that that is your home, and we won't touch it. We won't touch it. We won't touch it. Now, what was so powerful about this whole symbolism, what was so powerful about it is that it represented the blood of Jesus. If you go back a few chapters before Israel went through this very thing when they were in Egypt. The night that the death angel passed over Egypt, he said, I want you to slay the lamb, the firstborn. And he said, this is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to put it on the doorpost and on the windowsill. And as the blood began to drip down the windowsill, it formed a cross. So when the death angel, when the enemy came over, they were covered in the blood of Jesus. And they were protected. And he said, you know what? I want you to put that cord outside of your window. It was, it was a picture of what was about to happen years later, centuries later. And she was a part of the plan. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God that when the death angel comes, he just goes over us. Evil can't harm us because we're covered in the blood of Jesus. We don't have to slay a lamb anymore. We don't have to put blood on the door. But Jesus has taken the place of the lamb this morning. And he is the great I am. He said, put the cord outside the window. When we see, you'll be covered. You'll be protected. She was going through her transformation. She was going through her shift. Here it is a, here, here, here it is a, a, a heathen. A prostitute. On the outer wall of the city, come on, the one that they looked down on, the one they thought was nasty, 
Come on, you did some nasty people around you. Some of you were nasty before you got saved. Come on now. Come on now. Someone look at you the wrong way. You wind up someplace you're not supposed to wind up. Come on. If it wasn't for the grace of God, where would you be? Come on, you know we were nasty. Come on. But the grace of God saved us. God changed us. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Joshua chapter 6, verse 25, But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, her family, and all who belonged to her. I love this because when God shifts you, he shifts everything around you too. (laughs) I love it. He said he'll save you and your household. He'll shift it. Come on now. It might take some time, but he'll do it. He saved her and everything, and, and everything all belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and she lives among the Israelites today. I love this scripture that says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. But one of the things that I, I love most of all about this story, as we talk, about the blood of Jesus, as we talk about this harlot, as we talk about Rahab, this woman, this woman who is not a Jew, who is a Canaanite, if you go into the genealogy of Jesus, this is Jesus' great, 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 great grandmother. A prostitute. A Canaanite. Go read it. Rahab, the prostitute. Jesus' grandmother. Powerful. That God has such a, a picture of redemption. That even in the bloodline of Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, even though this girl went wild, she turned wise. God shifted. God changed her destiny. God engrafted her in to his plan. He knew before creation that this prostitute would become a part of the person to carry the legacy that would lead to the birth of our Savior. That cord, she didn't realize that was going to be her grandson's blood dripping down a cross one day. So many people have labeled us. And they still do. We do it in church. Oh, she's the good singer. She's I. Oh, she really anointed. She is anointed, but she really anointed. You know how we, we, we do it in church? Oh, she could really dance, but she okay. She, no, she got the gift of dance, but she just danced for the Lord. We label each other. We label. We label. We label. Oh, no, she could never do that. No, he could never. Do, no, no, no. You see them together, girl? No, I don't see that. Mm-mm. She, mm-mm, she too high for him. Mm-mm. We label each other. We make judgments quickly in God's house. When it realize it binds people. It binds, it locks them in. It locks them in. At my home church, I was known as the worship leader. No one told me about being no pastor, no preacher. He can make a joke. He ain't no psalmist, but he can make a joke of going to the Lord. He can get us in the presence. Praise God. That's it. 
They put me in a box. That was the label. My wife was known as the dancer. That's it. Ain't no past, ain't no prayer. And she's just a dancer. There was nothing wrong with that. But sometimes people lock us in. And we stay there. And we don't move because we feel, well, this is all they see me as, so that's all I'm going to be. Come on, I remember our worship leader. Come on, Marolu, she was an usher at the door. Just happy to welcome folk into the presence of the Lord. Like, oh, she's like, that's what I ushers. Look at that. Praise God. Then know that God had to call to her to be a worship leader. We label ourselves. Or we allow people to label us. To say who we are. If we're good enough, we're not good enough. We allow the world to do it. Oh, I didn't get into I didn't get into Princeton, so I guess I'm not as good as those other students, so I guess I just, you know, I just do this because I'm not good enough. Parents do it. You're going to be what? No, you got to be this. You got to be a lawyer. You got to be a doctor. No, no, you can't do that. Oh, absolutely not. Why can I not do that? Because they don't make money. They don't do no, 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 no. Labels that bind. We all have been bound at some point in our lives by a label. Whether it's been self-afflicted or we have allowed, key word, have allowed others to bind us with those labels. Rahab did not care. She did not care what the king of Jericho did. She did not, she did not care. She took a chance, a faith risk. She said, you know what? I might be known as this, but you know what? I believe God can change me. I believe God can shift me. I believe God can do something different. And I'm here to declare to you that God can do it this morning. For you were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. God has shifted you. God has changed you. Don't let anyone label you. Remember the blood of Jesus. Remember what he has set you free from. Remember, it's been that, it's been that precious blood that has allowed you to overcome. So whatever labels that you put on yourself, let it go this morning. What people have said about you, what you could do and what you couldn't do, and you're not good enough, you don't have enough skill, you're not, you're not this, you're not that, and comparing yourself, that's another thing, we compare ourselves to everything. Well, his marriage is not like our marriage, so maybe we should be doing what they're doing. No! Come on. Well, man, I need a riff. Woo! The way Marola do it, because she, ah! Maybe I could do it like that. No! Be you. Be authentic you. Be authentic you. Be who God has made you to be. Embrace the purpose, the destiny. And if you're in a place today when you feel like you, 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 you're, you, 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 are, you, you are marred, you are broken, you are empty inside, go to God. She said, your God is God. He's my God. I'm receiving him. Go to your God this morning. Receive him. Receive the change. Receive the transition. Receive all that God has for you this morning. That you don't have to be the same this morning. Even as Christians, yeah, we got issues too. We broke, busted, disgusted too. We deal with stuff too. But we don't have to stay in that predicament, especially if you are a child of God. 
This is sudden stuff you don't have to put up with anymore because you're a child of God. Sudden stuff you don't have to take. Now we take stuff from people because we're not in the clique, we're not in the crowd. <laughs> see, you, see, we hang out with your friend, you're cool, but with a third person, they forget about you and you feel funny. I mean, there's something wrong with me. The devil is a liar. Ain't your friend anyway. You give and give and give and get none back. Rahab, the prostitute. It's now Rahab, the woman of God. <laughs> but on a Canaanite, all the odds were against her. All the odds were against her. She should have crumbled in her house when the walls of Jericho came crumbling down, tumbling down. But God spared her because of the scarlet cord. God spared her because she showed kindness to God's people. And she got engrafted in as God's people. As in the lineage of Jesus. God can shift you. God can change you. God can rearrange you. He can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or even think. Let us pray. Thank you, Father. We thank you that though our sins are like scarlet, they shall be whiter than snow. For we were once darkness. Ah, but now we are light in the Lord. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that even as your servant Rahab, who is in eternity, but her story still speaks to us. As one of the clouds of witness, she still speaks to us today. That no matter where you started out, doesn't mean you have to end up the same way. Ah, no matter what rut you get yourself into, don't mean you need to stay there. No matter what mistakes you made, doesn't mean that defines you for the rest of your life. Just because you have a setback, don't mean that it's over. Huh? Oh, God, but many times the setbacks are setups. Oh, God, for us to walk in our purpose and destiny. So, Father, I, I lift up, oh, God, those this morning. You're saying, Pastor, I've lab labeled myself. I have others to label me. And it's holding me back. It, it's something that, that's keeping me. I, it's a hindrance. I, I, I think about it. I just feel like I've become that thing. I, you know, it, it, it's spoken over me. I need this thing broken. I, I want to be free from this label that's binding me. I want you to stand this morning so we can pray this morning. Labels that bind us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help us this morning from the labels that have been put on us this morning, God. Maybe our spouse put a label on us. Oh, God, set us free this morning in our hearts and our minds, God. Parents have put on us, friends have put on us. Oh, God, 
forgive us this morning, Lord, for allowing, oh God, those labels to bind us. But we want to be set free. We want to walk in victory because of the blood. The blood of Jesus that destroys shackles, that annihilates chains, the anointing of God, the presence of Almighty God. Set us free this morning. I come against every label in the name of Jesus that has bound us, that have kept us from walking in purpose and destiny. These things have started as curses that have caused us to stumble, to trip many times. But in the name of Jesus Christ, Father God, we come against these labels, these word curses, if you will, these things that have blocked us, we have operated under, we have allowed ourselves to be molded by these very words that constantly say you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. And every time we get two steps closer, we find ourselves getting 20 steps backwards. God, because we feel we're not good enough. But Father, loose us this morning. Loose us. Loose us. Loose us in our mind and our thinking, our stinking thinking. Heal us this morning, God. We declare that we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. We declare that we are the head and not the tail. We declare this morning, oh God, that we're free. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So we declare it this morning, God, that we are free. We are taking that faith risk this morning. We're believing that you are the Lord God, who is the God of heaven and earth. And we come before your throne boldly, boldly, boldly to receive your mercy and your grace this morning. So set us free this morning, God. We want to walk in victory. We want to see the results of our faith. We want to be transitioned. That we no longer will be, oh God, like Rahab was the prostitute, the procrastinator, the insecure, the doormat, the addicted, the liar, the cheater, oh God, the demanding, the depressed, the controlling, the manipulative, the average, the critical. We won't be those things. They're not good enough. but we'll be that man and that woman of God you've called us to be. Walking in purpose and destiny. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God. And I thank you. Hallelujah. Believe that. Let's just give the Lord a praise this morning. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.